Who would have thought Week 14's Battle of the Backups at Paycor Stadium could have had such significant wildcard implications? Let's preview the Bengals contest in Week 14. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rupin getting you ready here for week 14 as the Bengals take on the Indianapolis Colts with I would say if you had asked us before the season if this game is going to have wildcard implications we would have perhaps downplayed that possibility but for both teams if you're new to the podcast you can find us every day over on youtube or anywhere you get your podcast we appreciate the everydayers and those of you who make us your first listen today's episode brought to you by doordash i just placed an order for lunch in fact here in well i live in nanaimo you wouldn't know but you could order skyline or city bird or whatever your favorite is in cincinnati my lunch will be here waiting for me by the time we're finished recording so you can Use promo code LOCKED23 in DoorDash today. Stay tuned later in the episode to hear more from our friends at DoorDash. And James, the big question for me this week, what we talked about significantly in the crossover yesterday, is can the Bengals offense run it back? (laughs) What version of Jake Browning do we get? Likely somewhere in between AFC player of the week and guy I was ready to write off two weeks ago. What are your expectations? Yeah, I think the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. And he's referenced that back-to-back weeks where it's never as bad as you think, it's never as good as you think. And what what he's given me and what I think he's given this team just asking around, and again, it's on Thursday, but it's one thing to do it in practice. It's one thing to be confident in a game plan. It's a whole other thing to go out there and actually do it and to go 32 of 37. And to play the way he did on the road against a team that there were literally a ton of fans. I was in Jacksonville for multiple days talking about one seat, the one seat in the AFC. And I get it, especially after the Chiefs lost. Well, And so I, I think to do that, there's a renewed sense of belief. But I think everybody, and I'm at Paycor right now, everybody in this building knows that there are plenty of one-hit wonders, whether it's quarterbacks or musical artists. And so he still has a lot to prove. This offense has a lot to prove. This entire team, the defense, has a lot to prove. So I think there's a a hope and belief that might not have fully been there just because you hadn't seen it yet when it comes to Jake Browning. At the same time, that that needs to fuel them to realize, hey, you know, if you're a player in that locker room, we still do have a shot. That's realistic. That's not just saying it for the cameras. And and I think they do feel that way. And so now it's about at home finding a way to beat a, a Colts team that, as you mentioned, a lot of people were down on coming into the year and they lose their starter in Anthony Richardson and they've been able to overcome that and play well enough to be in the playoff hunt. And certainly they're thinking postseason as well in Indianapolis. The Colts have the second lowest strength of victory in the AFC. I'm just looking at the playoff standings right now. That is one of the tiebreakers, one of the easiest, if not the easiest, 
just scanning quickly, the second easiest strength of schedule mm-hmm. in the AFC behind only the Miami Dolphins, who actually have a lower strength of victory as well and are currently in line potentially for that one seed if the season were to end today. That's why they're talking about it in Jacksonville. If Jacksonville had won, they'd be tied record-wise 9-3 and with Miami, with Baltimore at the top of the AFC, especially with Kansas City dropping their game. But the one seed conversation, you, you look around the NFL right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers were ready to be talking about a one seed before they lost last week. They're seven and five, but they could have been one game out of the one seed, as Chris Carter pointed out on Twitter, and I gave him a hard time for because it, it's delusional to think that some of these teams are actually that caliber. Then again, the NFL is weird, but that's not what we're here to talk about the, the reason I point this out is because, and I talked to Jake Arthur about this on the crossover yesterday. I I'm a little skeptical of the overall quality of the Indianapolis Colts. They are seven and five. No doubt about that. They're in a putrid division. They have beaten no good teams. And I'm not saying the Bengals are necessarily a good team with Jake Browning, but at least Jacksonville has, I guess, you know what? Indy did beat Baltimore in week three when Baltimore is still very banged up. But I think that most people would agree that Jacksonville is a better team. The big question is, can the Bengals do it again? Can, can they mm-hmm. be consistent on offense? And while Jacksonville might overall be a better team, better quarterback certainly, and something we're going to talk about a lot, I think, is the quarterbacks in this game. There are different challenges they present. They're much better in the trenches on both sides of the ball than Jacksonville, and that can be an Achilles heel for this Bengals team if it's really lopsided there. I mean, I, I don't think Jacksonville's defensive front was just a, a pushover. And they no, were they have Josh Allen and, and not a whole lot else in terms of really high quality. The Colts have like four or five guys that are starter level players. Yep. But in, and that's where like we, we say, can Jake Browning do it again? Can this run game do it again? Right. And can they be efficient on the ground? I think that's what made life, and explosive, by the way, mm-hmm. on the ground. That's what made life so much easier for Jake. And they were able to actually come back after being down, which is not something that uh, they've done a lot of because they are a start-fast team, and they, they want to start fast, and that's the key every single week. And yet they, they were able to to rally from a few different deficits against the Jags, and that, that to me goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I agree with you. The pass rush is better for Indy, so – you showed you can run against a, a pretty stout run defense for Jacksonville. They've been pretty good against the run. Can you do that part again too? I think that's a part of it because we know Jake Browning, he's still limited. This isn't Jake Burrow, all right? He's not going to be He's not going to be 32 of 37 every week, and that's okay. I'm not ripping him. But you need to be a complete offense, and that doesn't mean they have to run it 40 times on Sunday. But if they run it 21 times or 15 times, can you average four and a half or five yards a carry and have a, a couple of explosive runs and loosen up a, an indie defense that is obviously going to want to pressure Jake Browning, make him uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and make sure these outside weapons don't make big plays? And, and there's some similarities there in the matchup that are very interesting. Gus Bradley defense, again, right? A couple of the Bengals' best run games this year have come against defenses that want to – and I talked about this in the crossover yesterday as well – but have come against defenses and want to send their defensive ends upfield. And the Bengals obviously very familiar with Gus Bradley. Jake Browning even referenced it in his press conference. He went back to the 2021 playoff game, 2021 regular season game against the Raiders. And 
you talk about the run game, some of the things that were very effective for the Bengals were the same side toss play in this game, screen game, windback or bend. I talked with Mike about that a little bit earlier this week as well, where they're letting those defensive ends kind of run themselves out of the play and sneak in and right behind them. And if they can chunk off some runs there again, force those defensive ends to play with a little bit of hesitation, take advantage of perhaps extra bodies in the box in the pass game from time to time, hitting that explosive play to Jamar Chase, for example, take advantage of misdirection with the bootleg game that has been such a big part of Jake Browning's game. Then you can see the offense doing it again, but there are a lot of factors there, right? And and the big one, running the ball, we talked about this in the crossover as well, getting Grover Stewart back this week. It's like DJ Reader, night and day difference for the Colts defense with and without Grover Stewart. So his return uh, could be a big boon for the Indy run D that's been struggling this year. But the Bengals can't go away from it. You can't go back to the Pittsburgh game plan, go back to empty, go back to treating Browning like Burrow. We saw the results, and I think you would have a similar outcome against one of the top sack teams in the league in Indianapolis. So got to keep that balanced approach, I think, this week. For sure. I think that's the key. That That's starting fast is still part of it, but when we talk about the offense, rinse, repeat, you're going to have to be more balanced. And you're right, you're not going to be able to be empty all the time and I think Browning was much more comfortable against the Jags and finding that comfort and getting to to that week in and week out is is such a huge key for this offense because and we'll talk about the defense until we see them stop someone and stop a defense or stop an offense down in and down out possession in and then possession out this offense is going to have to produce so let's uh, continue the conversation because there's plenty on offense to discuss, certainly plenty on defense as well. We'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Well, it's time to order DoorDash. Is it halftime of maybe the Crosstown shootout on Saturday? Maybe you aren't coming to Paycor Stadium for the game on Sunday. Well, guess what? DoorDash is exactly where you should get your food because it's – my favorite app and you can order your favorite app and snacks uh, on the DoorDash app all football season long. Maybe it's basketball season in your household. Like I said, the Bearcats and Musketeers play on Saturday in the Crosstown shootout. My go-to and I DoorDash it every week, City Bird. Had City Bird yesterday. It is local. That spicy chicken sandwich is bomb. You get a side of tenders. That's right. A side of tenders. You can thank me later. And it's not just City Bird. You can order pizza, pizza, wings, soda, your favorite snacks, and so much more with DoorDash. And you're going to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget, use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. So we know that the offense likely needs to have some approximation of the Jacksonville game. It doesn't necessarily need to be as good. They were incredibly efficient in that game. Brad Robbins had one punt. They, of course, missed a long field goal. They had one turnover on downs. They had some bad trick plays. Zach Taylor, by the way, said he didn't regret the process of getting to those plays, but certainly when you have those results, uh, you you second-guess things a little bit. And so maybe we won't see any wide receiver throwback passes this week, but the offense will need to produce to at least some degree. 
I, I think we can agree there, but I think they need to get complimentary football. That was a big factor against Jacksonville. They did get answers at times when they needed them. They got the stop in overtime to give the offense a chance when Jacksonville started with the ball. And uh, I guess the most cynical among you might point out that they were aided by a, a holding call, but neither here nor there, they did get a number of pretty good stops against Trevor Lawrence in that offense too. They had four, three and outs, five, uh, a fifth was a four and out. So if you can get some of that again and, and force the Colts to rely on Garner Minshew, which I think is a big challenge this week because the Colts are going to want to run the ball too. They're going to want to be balanced too with even without uh, Jonathan Taylor. But if you can force Garner Minshew to beat you, then there should be opportunities to take this game away on the defensive side of the ball as well. No doubt. And you've you've been on the Gardner Minshew turnover train. This is something the defense has done well. And maybe this is the week that they resurrect that after a, a down couple of weeks from a forcing turnover standpoint. Dax Hill, I know he would love to have that opportunity back against Jacksonville. That could have been a game changer. Those are the plays this defense has to make. There's no doubt they need to be more stout. We've been on this. The number of yards given up, that is not sustainable. I don't think it is. You're right. They did get some stops against the Jags. Deserve credit for that. But man, oh man, do you have to win the turnover battle? Because there's a a decent chance that there is a sack fumble and the Colts have premium field possession or an interception and they have premium field possession at some point on Sunday. All right. Well, can your defense go get two turnovers and can they respond the right way? And, And can they put the offense in an advantageous position or two to where it is easier and makes life easier for Browning and makes life easier for this, uh, this offense that is shorthanded, even though they're playing well. So I, I totally agree with you. I think the opportunities will be there and it's up for the secondary to, to figure it out, not just the secondary, of course, but uh, it, it would be nice to see someone obviously Cam Taylor Britt's going to miss three more games. Someone else, one of these other corners, come up with a big interception and uh, I think they're due and it could certainly happen on Sunday. Gardner Minshew has eight fumbles this year, seven interceptions, according to pro football focus, 21 turnover worthy plays. That's a 5.3 turnover worthy play rate, which would be tied for second in the NFL for quarterbacks with an appreciable number of snaps this year. Tied with Desmond Ritter for second, in fact, and both of these defenses are very good at taking the ball away. The Cincinnati Bengals are tied for, I guess, third, depending on how you look at it. There's a bunch of teams ahead of them. There's one with 21, a couple with 20, 20, one with 22, three with 21, three with 20. The Bengals have 19 takeaways. One of those teams with 20 takeaways, the Indianapolis Colts. The big difference is the Colts have 18 giveaways. The Bengals only 10. They're one of the better teams in the league at taking care of the ball, tied for first with the Cowboys, Steelers, and 49ers in terms of not turning the ball over. So, different beast with Jake Browning at quarterback versus Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow, we praise his ability to take care of the ball this year. And last week, Browning didn't put the ball in danger at all. He did float the ball right over the hand of an outstretched linebacker in the second level a couple of times, and that can be tough to reproduce. Yeah. But he took care of the ball. So if that trend can continue and the Bengals can continue their turnover creation on defense and take care of the ball on offense, that should favor the Bengals. But with a a turnover creating defense on the other side, that is certainly an area where the game could turn very quickly 
this week. No doubt. No doubt. I think that will be something one way or another. If there's an uh, an advantage one way or the other, that Zach Taylor points to post game. And you could say that every week, but I think this is certainly one of those weeks where it could swing it because neither team has the margin for error that some of these other teams do. Jacksonville, they had more margin for error with Trevor Lawrence than uh, I, I would say that the Bengals did with Jake Browning. And I wouldn't say that about Gardner Minshew in, in this Colts offense, but they do have playmakers. That, that's part of it. Even without Jonathan Taylor, this Colts offense, they have guys that can make plays now. Michael Pittman Jr. is obviously the the headliner from a receiving standpoint. Josh Downs, the third-round rookie, has made plays this year. Alec Pierce got a touchdown last week. And Zach Moss has been really good for them at running back. And it has helped the the pain of not having Taylor early on this year. And then even last week, it, it, it's easier to, to overcome when you have a guy like Moss as your – your 1A or your, or your number two and, running back. So and, and Moss is actually averaging more yards per carry and has a higher explosive run rate than Jonathan Taylor, which neither of those are things I would have expected, but there you go. And Taylor was coming on and looking like the old guy, like, mm-hmm. like the, his old self over the past couple of weeks. I'm not calling him old. But to your point, Moss was awesome, especially earlier this season. And then the first few games Taylor got back, he was the better running back. And so – that's still very much a threat. And when I look at this defense, you got to be good against the run. Travis Etienne was a factor, obviously scored on the, the Jags opening possession last week. And um, it, by, by the way, against the run, that means the quick passes, the playmaking, all of that. It, it's got to continue. And, and at the same time, they have guys that can beat you over the top. And I think Michael Pittman might be better than any receiver that the Jags have. And so – Got to stay with him. And, and and who knows? That's debatable, but it's close. And, and so it's this is this is a tougher offense, I think, than than most people would give it credit for outside of the quarterback who is capable of making plays. I know he turns it over. He's also capable of making plays. And this defense has given up a lot of plays this season. Yeah, I highlight the the turnover propensity with Gardner Minshew, but he is a very high variance quarterback. And so far, you only have two gains of a sample size. So is Jake Browning from one of the worst performances you've ever seen from a quarterback to AFC player of the week, very deservingly so in back-to-back games, given very different quality of defenses, very different style of defenses, very different style of game plan for the Bengals. And one question I know a lot of Bengals fans have voiced, at least to me this week, James, is with more tape available for what the Bengals are doing now with Jake Browning, more of this boot game on tape, less empty on tape. In fact, uh, zero empty snaps on tape for Jake Browning. Defenses will certainly counterpunch as well. And Browning did, of course, reference the Gus Bradley defense that he expects to, they, they major in cover three. We talked about this with the Raiders a couple of years ago. They they do one thing. They do it well. They do a good job of containing explosive plays, but the opportunity should be there in the run game. And to your point, Indy has scored the fourth most points in the AFC this year. They've scored, in fact, in the same number of games, 54 more points than the Bengals this year. We talked about strength of schedule earlier in the NFC South or the AFC South versus the AFC North is part of that, but there's a lot of variance in the Colts and Garner Minshew at quarterback. So that'll be an interesting factor for sure. It's very hard to predict this game. Maybe we'll get to a prediction here from you, James, to finish up the show in, in a minute. But 
there's a lot of variance, I think, in the way this game could go. Yeah, there is. And that's that's the unknown. That's part of the backup quarterback clash that you mentioned at the top. And yeah, I can I think I'm up for a prediction. So we will do that coming up next right here on Locked On Bengals. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. Daily fantasy sports, well, Prize Picks is the biggest DFS platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. All you have to do is beat their projections. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So maybe you think Gardner Minshew is going to have less than on the touchdowns projected and Jake Browning is going to have more than on his passing yards or vice versa. Maybe you're flipping. Maybe you think that Chase Brown is going to have more than on his number of rushing yards. You pick two to six and you can win up to 25 times your money with prize picks. It is quick. It is easy. And it just takes a few seconds to make your picks with prize picks. You're going to enjoy it. I have a bunch of friends that use prize picks. They love daily fantasy and they certainly uh, love it this time of year where you might be eliminated in some of your season long leagues. Well, this is a way to get back in on the action and have a chance um, to, to have some fun with daily fantasy sports. And you can go right now to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL with code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. James, as we talk about a lot of variance in this game, the uh, betting line for this game has also seen a lot of variance from it's, it's, it's three point swing. The Bengals are no longer home underdogs. They are now favored, according to FanDuel, by one and a half points, which is a bit surprising to me. I'm not sure what caused that movement. Maybe just volume maybe people are, are buying jake browning more throughout this week but as i see a very high variance game here that it could go any number of directions depending on what version of bengals defense we get what happens with the turnover battle what happens with the bengals offense whether the bengals can make gardner Minshew beat them and then capitalize on mistakes what do you think do you, do you have a feel for how this game is going to go or I'm I'm very confused. I have a very hard time imagining the way this game's going to play out. It's it's really tough. I think one on a short week, it's hard to to get the vibe, to get a, a real sense. Like I think in a couple of days, I may feel better. Like Saturday, I may actually have a a handle on this one. It it's tough because I could totally see the bang. Like you could see eight different things happening. Like you said, the variance is at a an all-time high. Could you see the Bengals just rolling? I could. I'm not saying it's likely. I could see the Colts coming in here and forcing three turnovers and taking the crowd out of the game and and rolling it in their direction. I could also see a nail-biter where it goes down to the wire in either direction. It's, it, it's a tough one, and I think, unfortunately, until we see more of a sample size, we're not really going to know how to, to predict – this team and it, what expectations set expectations for Jake Browning. I think we we've had the great game. We've had the awful game. I think we're going to have somewhere in the middle where he's 19 of 29 for 217 in a touchdown, which is similar to his first game, but you're you're not going to have all of those turnover worthy plays. I I think that this offense they'll come back down to earth a little bit. But I'm looking at the defense here. You mentioned complimentary football. 
can this defense either force enough stops or mistakes, turnovers to get this momentum or get home momentum and swing it in the Bengals' direction early? And can they do it when the game is on the line? I think that's what it's going to come down to on Sunday. And I just get the feel that they're due. Like, this is the same defense that just got crushed by Houston. And then you have what happened with in Baltimore, and that's hard to rally back from after Burrow goes down. And then the the Steelers game where they give up 400, and the, they're the the first team since 1900 to allow the Steelers to get to 1400 uh, 400 yards in a game. And then this past week, 30 plus points, and CJ Beathard comes in. You're right, they did get the stop in overtime, but they still let CJ Beathard go downfield and and get the game tying field goal to force overtime. Will this defense be the difference? I think they're due. I think they are. And the Bengals find a way in a, an uglier game than last week. It's not always going to be pretty, ladies and gentlemen. 20 to 17, the Bengals get it done. That would be a low-scoring game for the Bengals in recent history. I know they had the 16 to 10 game against the Steelers in which they gave up those 400 yards. But outside of that, 31 points to Jacksonville, 34 points to the Ravens, 30 points to the Texans. And then before that, they had a couple of nice games against San Francisco and Buffalo, and, and those both highlighted by some some takeaways and, and some timely defense in the red zone. So they're due. Wh- which version of the defense do we get? The Colts certainly closer to the Steelers, I think, in, in many ways than the Jaguars. But they, they got to make the plays. You, you can't have three fumbles that are all recovered by the fumbling team, a dropped pick that turns into a touchdown. That, that's a lot to overcome. The Bengals managed to do it last week, but it is very difficult. As we saw, it took overtime to get there. So that uh, can't really can't really be the path again. And if they can get pressure to Gardner Minshew, if they can make the Colts, be one-dimensional if they can stay disciplined and, and keep with the run game, if they find the right balance of Chase Brown and Joe Mixon and, and hit some of those runs again. That's certainly a path to victory, but you could just as easily see all of those things not happening and, and the opposite. We, we've seen both yeah. from this team in the last two weeks. And so the first of potentially four backup quarterbacks the Bengals could face down the stretch, depending on how things go. And a, a real path to the wild card potentially ahead of them, but that starts with winning this week. They have to win at least four out of five, I think. Well, I that's probably fair. I, I think, and I, I said this last week that the the playoff expectations internally were still there. I think this is the game that can get a lot of people back on that train and in that mentality. I, I Like you, it's like, oh, well, these are winnable games. Okay, well, go win one. Go, go show it. And we'll see if they can do that. I, I think that the defense has to be so much better if they're yeah, going to. It does. You, you can't rely on, on Jake Browning. You can't rely on this offense week in and week out to do what they did last week. And mm-hmm. so they're due at some point. I think there's enough talent there. Logan Wilson interception, Jermaine Pratt forced fumble. Uh, strip sack Trey, uh, Trey Hendrickson like they have the guys they got to come out and they got to do it on Sunday they do they also have two straight short weeks which doesn't help matters they, they're on a short week coming off Monday night football to Sunday and then the week after that they play Saturday against the Vikings 
So you got two straight short weeks, which certainly doesn't help matters. And the teams that they played that have backup quarterbacks are all winning games. They're all in the wild card hunt, both in the AFC and the Vikings remain right in that mix in the NFC. So despite it being a battle of backups, these could be some very competitive games down the stretch. And a lot of that goes with these high variance factors that we've talked about. Excited to see how those factors play out on Sunday. We'll be talking about a lot of them, I'm sure, after the game. That's the next time you will hear from us. So until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.